You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Welcome to the Mom Next Door Stories of Faith, and I'm your host, Pam Fields. Don't you love connecting with other women and gleaning from their former experiences and the truths that God has poured into their lives? As we see faith in action, I think it really helps us grow stronger in our own walk. Well, my listeners have been hearing a lot of interviews with my co-authors from Life in the Estrogen-Free Zone. And Pam, you wrote the foreword to that book and also contributed a chapter from your own life and your own experience. But that is just a drop in the bucket of your writing career and experience. And I would encourage all of my listeners to go to Amazon or to your website and search all of the books that you and your husband have put out. But until they can get there, would you... Just tell me a little bit about your family and your ministry. I would love to. It's just so fun, Pam, to talk to Pam. I'm just thinking <laughs> Pam Square. That's pretty cool. Uh, I know. Not that many people are named Pam or Pamela, especially in the younger generation, but it's a great name. It grows up with us. You know, I was Pammy, then Pam, and when I get 80, I'll be Pamela, right? Uh, <laughs> Does your middle name start with an R by chance? No, but that would be really handy if it did. (laughs) So many people I know it's our middle names. Any Pam that I meet, it's like their middle name is an R. And I thought, wow, that's so crazy. We all have R's. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm named after my grandmothers. And so not, not quite. So, um, so my ministry is called love wise. We like to say we park ourselves on the corner of God's love and God's wisdom Mm. And our verse that captures our heart is Proverbs 19.8. The one who gets wisdom loves life and everybody wants to love their lives. And um, Lovewise really is our encouragement, equipping and enrichment to help people with all their most important vital relationships, you know, in marriage or dating with their kids or their grandkids, uh, with their friendships, with church relationships and community, but definitely your relationship with God. Uh, It all stems from that relationship with God. In fact, we have figured out that uh, if you have that vertical relationship with God tight and working well, your horizontal relationships go better. So that's the place to start for sure. And Bill and I have been married um, now, happily married in December, right around the corner here. 44 years, and we started off in youth ministry. We met through Campus Crusade for Christ, which is now called Crew, a great organization to be a part of. If you have college kids, definitely connect them. And we were on two different campuses, and we met at a leadership conference. And then we started talking three months later um, at another leadership conference. And then we start dating two months after that at another leadership conference. It's a great place to meet a good godly guy at these leadership conferences. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of, um, and by a year from our first date, we were uh, married. So it was a very quick focused dating time. But that's kind of the way that we were equipped is like, don't just 
you know, play with people's hearts. Yeah. Get focused. Um, and if God cross, like I always tell singles that if you pursue God and God has a mate for you, he will cross your paths. He will make sure that your mm-hmm. paths cross. So if you just see God, you don't have to seek being popular in all these relationships, but just mm-hmm. be open to meeting new people and making new relationships on a friendship level and see what God does. And that's really where we were. Both Bill and I had taken a dating sabbatical um, mm-hmm. because we were new believers. I had come to Christ when I was eight. I'm the firstborn daughter of an alcoholic dad with severe rage issues. Like I wish that our family might make the headlines, but not for a good reason. More like man, mm-hmm. she- family than shoots himself a mm-hmm. lot of domestic violence in the home that I grew up in mm-hmm. but my mom's best friend Kathy she saw the craziness and chaos of our lives and she invited us to come to church mm-hmm. and so I was almost seven when we uh, stepped through the doors of church and I met wonderful people like you and your family mm-hmm. people that just loved God and I'm like wow I want to know this God of love And so my heart just began to want to seek after God. And so the pastor said, um, if you memorize verses, you can have like these prizes out of this little treasure box. Uh And so I started memorizing verses. And um, then if you memorize Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you could have a place on quiz team. Well, quiz team was kind of like American Idol. I lived in the town of 100 people. So it was like, whoo, the hottest thing happening was quiz team. Uh And so to memorize Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And one night, sitting on my bed, memorizing verses, my dad was in the living room. He had been drinking all day and all night. He was in a rage. My sweet mom trying to talk him down. I was afraid for my little brother and my little sister. So I ran and I got them and I put them in my room and I shut the door and I pushed a dresser in front of the door. Like I'm eight pushing a dresser in front of the door. And so dad could get in and hurt us. And I tucked my sister and my brother in bed and I got in bed with them and I shut off the light. And there glowing in the dark was this little cross that I had gotten Mm. from memorizing um, Psalms 23. And on it, it read, Jesus lives. And I remember Mm. praying, Jesus, the pastor's been telling me that you're stronger than anything, that you're more powerful than anything. You're even Mm. more powerful than death. And I believe that that is who you are. So please come into my life. Be my best friend, my savior, and my Lord. And P.S. God, if you could work it out, I'd really love to marry a pastor one day. Amen. (laughs) And God worked out all those cries of that little girl's heart. I mean, Uh years, years later, you know, I meet this wonderful, godly guy. And we have now married. We are headed straight into ministry, first in the youth pastorate. And then uh, Bill was a senior pastor and I was director of women's ministry that um, I wrote my first book together with Bill. And the second book was my solo book, Woman of Influence. And now we're on book 60, 60. Yeah, it's not a typo. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm just grateful that God allowed me to do what I love, which is writing to encourage and equip you know, people to become all that God designed them to be and to have the life that God, you know, desires for us, that future and that hope, because God remade me from my crazy family so I could go on and have a healthy marriage and healthy family. And now we have uh, all three of our boys are uh, married to great godly girls. And we have seven grandkids. My oldest is driving me to Starbucks. Now she just got her license. Oh, that's (laughs) exciting. 
That's exciting. Well, I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some of your books. I know some of them, people may just recognize the title, um, but I want to make sure that they can find you and I'll put a link to your website and all those things. Yeah. Most people know us by our bestseller, men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti, a wild title with a wild way that God dropped that into our laps. Um, But that book it is the gift that just keeps on giving. You know, we we started it just because um, Bill was in the lead pastorate and somebody came to him at the gym and said, you and Pam seem like you have a good marriage. Do you like help other people? He's like, sure. And so this guy brought his wife into the office. And in the course of that first counseling session, that phrase, men are like waffles, uh, women are like spaghetti dropped into Bill's brain. I, I believe from heaven, it was sent from heaven because <laughs> he was much too young and a brand new lead pastor. We were 28 years old. Um, so wow. it was just a God thing. And now um, that book is almost 400,000 copies have been sold in English and then uh, translated into like 16 different languages. And there's a version for teenagers and a singles version and uh, then the couples version as well as for small groups. And I I think that for me personally, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, we think about what is influence and what is success? Well, a few years ago, I got an email from a Christian counselor who'd been using men are like waffles, like spaghetti in her practice for like a few decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and her husband had left her. So she had to have her heart healed and she did all that. And some of the steps of forgiveness from that book even helped with that. And she ended up dating and they went through waffles and spaghetti together. So I got a picture of their wedding cake. And instead of a bride and groom on the uh, top, it was waffles and spaghetti on top of the wedding cake. Oh my word. That, that is what me is meaningful to me, you know, to change somebody's life that much that they would want that for a wedding cake. It was pretty precious. Yeah. That is very fun. And I had no idea there were these different editions of it. That's great. Cause right. I was thinking about it just marriage wise, but you know, if we could understand some of these differences, even before we get there, how yes. much smoother the <laughs> landing into marriage would be, don't you think? Exactly, exactly. And I've been praying about Bill and I have been praying about a children's version, Mm. just because there's so much confusion nowadays, you know, about what what is a girl? What is a boy? So pray for us on that front. We'll see if God wants us to do that around the corner sometime. That would be wonderful. You know, I was my grandkids were reading a book the other day, they got off my shelf, and I don't think it's even available. It's an old Bernstein Bears. And it's Oh, I love them. You know that well that he bear, she bear, and you know, he's a he's a boy bear, she's a bear, a girl bear. I don't even know if you can find it anymore to tell you the truth, which is very sad. But um there are so much believers, the authors of those birds are really solid believers. Yeah. Yes. And our boy, our identity is being so questioned these days, and and our youth identity is is so questioned. And so how important it is to shore them up with biblical principles for, for so, like just for their lives. It's so important. Good foundation. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. I'm glad that you have created this podcast and you have a wonderful mom following because we moms, you know, I love the quote, you know, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. I mm-hmm. totally believe that we are the first teachers 
for our children. And yeah. so people used to ask me, this is before I started writing books. And um, they used to say, so you're a mom at home? Like, what do you do? And I said, I'm raising the next generation of world changers. And so yes. we have to picture ourselves as leaders and influencers and impactors, because if we can raise strong leaders for this next generation, this generation needs strong leaders. And so yes. we moms, we got to, you know, connect up together, have each other's backs and cheer each other on. Yes. Amen. You are, are saying exactly what I want you to say, because <laughs> I think so many times we can, uh, degrade ourselves in saying, well, I'm just a mom and I have no value. I have nothing to give. I don't have any formal training, you know, uh, thinking of the wizard of Oz and all the, that section where, you know, the, was it the tin man or the scarecrow has to have the paper that says you are someone of value. Here's your certificate, (laughs) you know, no matter where we are, we have a sphere of influence. Okay. And, and I would love to hear you talk about that. I have your book, Women of Influence, and mm-hmm. it, it's got some real powerful lessons in there. Yeah. The subtitle is 10 Traits of Those Who Want to Make a Difference. And so when I wrote that book, I was a brand new director of women's ministry. I had been training and equipping and mentoring um, high school and college girls the four years prior to that um, as a youth pastor's wife. Bill and I always teamed together for ministry. And then we're in this new church and I'm now the lead pastor's wife and I'm like 29 and I look around for material to train women to become uh-huh. influencers and, you know, equippers and leaders and servants for God. And I couldn't, I there's like one book. I could find like one book by my mentor, Daisy Hepburn, but there was like nothing out there that had that mindset. And I'm like, that's the best thing we could do is to help women become like those women who followed Jesus. You know, the women who went, were at the cross, the women who were the first ones to go um, to the tomb, the women who Jesus commanded to go tell his disciples. I mean, that mm-hmm. is, he chose women in some very strategic times to be difference makers. And so it was out of that desire. Um, I actually hadn't even finished my degree yet, my English degree, because I set it aside to help Bill get through seminary. Mm-hmm. And then um, my childbearing years, very focused on that. So once my kids were, I think we had just moved there and Caleb was like four and um, I had just started back into school to finish my degree, my college degree, had about a year left. And that's when I was director of women's ministry and I was an English major and I'm like, well, the best, you know, training on how to write a book would be, Hey, write a book. And so we did, we decided Bill and I, we first wrote a marriage book together, pure pleasure, making your marriage a great affair, which Mm. was a a book to help marriages that had been Mm -hmm. negatively impacted by the sexual revolution. So kind of regain ground, like retake territory and people start over in their marriages with a healthy biblical mindset. Um, And then this So then the next um, book that I wrote was that solo book, Woman of Influence. And Mm. I just had so much fun writing that book because I first I just brainstormed what would be like the 10 traits 
of women who are difference makers. And so I just started writing down, brainstorming different things um, that she's intense. She doesn't give up that um, she is like you, you, you have it in front of you. So you could probably actually read the 10 traits in the, I um, do. I'll let you read it and I'll comment. Okay. So impassioned, individual, intimate, idealistic, interdependent, initiative, integrity, intense, inquiring, and infectious. And I just have to say, even out the gate, when you wrote this, we weren't talking about influencers online like we do now. Right. right? It wasn't even a word out there, hardly. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so, and so these are all definite traits to, and I love the subtitle about women who want to make a difference, but I wonder if you have seen this where like, oh, I see them and they are an influencer. They are a woman of influence, but I'm not, nor can I be because I'm just me. Right. So how would you know if you are a woman of influence and just haven't even recognized it? Right, right. See, I actually believe every woman is a woman of influence. In the impassioned chapter, one of the main things that I say is one woman impassioned by God can yes. make a difference. And, um, you know, it's just our uh, desire to surrender our life and say, here's my life, God. Use mm-hmm. me however you would want to further your kingdom. Use me however you want to make this world a better place. Use me however you want to bring people to know you in a personal way. It's just that yielding, that heart that Mm. is yielded. And when you have a yielded heart, that's when God sends his passion uh, Mm. into you, that zeal to want Mm -hmm. to make, to be a difference maker. And then he Mm -hmm. starts breaking it down and giving you an assignment, like a territory, meaning what, what do you interest? What, um, one of the things I say to women is, so at night, what keeps you up at night? Yeah. And what problems in the world make you cry, bring you to yeah. tears? Uh, when you watch the headlines, what makes you say, oh, that just shouldn't happen? Um, and then um, I think where it really meets the road, our passion is, what do you talk about the most? Because I've seen where your mm. mouth is, your heart is there also. And so ask your friends and family. I have not I heard that. Oh, yeah, that that will lead to your passion. And once you like, once you identify, yeah, this is my passion. This is my calling because the need is not the call because there's so many needs in the world. We can't, one person cannot meet that need, you know, and a lot of times today, you know, you talked about, we have new words in our vocabulary. One of Mm -hmm. the words is niche. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that means a a small, uh, you know, a smaller circle. And that's what you're looking for. What is my niche? Like, for example, I am called to encourage and equip in relationships. That's my mm-hmm. circle. You're not going to hear mm-hmm. me do a prophecy conference. Like that's mm-hmm. like not my wheel set. And it's not that those things are not important. It's right. just that we cannot have this massively wide scope right. and be able to have any effectiveness at all, right? So exactly. instead of trying to run around with insanity and not, and not making any progress anywhere to really talk to the Lord and have him show you where you need to focus, what you need to do. And it may be some sort of a platform influency thing, 
but it may just be your own children or it may be your neighborhood or within your church, right? That's right. It's right. I, mine started with a neighborhood Bible study of young moms. I was a young mom. I had, so that's my peer group. Let's start with your peer group and see what God does. And then my husband was a youth pastor. So then I thought, okay, I'd let, I will mentor and uh, disciple young women. And so then I had to pray, do I disciple junior hires, high schoolers or college mm. students? Yeah. And so for me, high school, I had four years that, and I, I thought if I have four years, I could really help them become young leaders. So when they went to college that they would stick with their faith. Mm. So even just those prayers that help you see your life from God's perspective and uh, women all the time are. I, like I just released a book is I have a Bible study series. I co-authored discovering yeah. hope in the Psalms and joy in Philippians and Jesus in the old Testament and the good news in John. And the newest one is uh, Proverbs, wasn't it? Proverbs. Yes. Yeah. So the number one question I'm asked is how do you know the will of God? Yeah. And so one of the things that I encourage people to do is when you're seeking the will of God, like this question, what is my sphere of influence that you just ask God, Give me a verse from the Bible, mm. like just in my quiet times. And then you just start noting the verses that he brings up, the ones that feel like they're highlighted in your heart. And I always encourage you to put those verses in the fly leaf of your Bible. Mm. And mm. early on, when I was praying about what my, you know, passion is, what is my calling? You know, am I supposed to be a professor? Am I supposed to teach high school English? Am I supposed to be like a director of women? Am I supposed to write, speak, whatever? All these verses about communication, like mm. teach, uh, they were, seemed like they were like screaming pink highlighter mm. and write. Uh, those are the verses that God tended to highlight. So I knew, okay, I'm not, so I'm for me, you haven't called me to be a college professor You've called me to be freelance because I love telling other people's stories mm. of faith, just praying about that. And then God will just continually give you verses to kind of point, you know, I love the verse and you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. And God will do that. God is more uh, concerned about you finding his will than you are even concerned about you finding his will. So he's going to make it obvious if we just mm -hmm. pray, he'll give those verses. Well, what would you say to a woman who feels called to lead and to influence and to impact people in her life, but she is really shy or feels tongue tied? You know, yeah. I, it's like every time I try to speak, it just comes out. I don't know what to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So all of us start there. That's what I would say. Like nobody is born a communicator rock star. Nobody is born <laughs> yeah. like uh, Billy Graham right from the first sermon, you know, you develop mm -hmm. those skills by using those skills. And mm -hmm. so when, when you're trying to find God's will, the first thing I say is um, good counsel, which is God's mm -hmm. word. The second yeah. is good counselors. We need mentors in our life. Yes. And so I just feel like I was hungry for good mentors because I didn't grow up in a strong Christian home. My mom and I grew up in the faith together. I was yeah. eight. She was 28 when we both received Christ. Wow. at the same time. And so um, she encouraged me to find other Christian women uh, that could speak life into me. And so, you know, make a list of like 10 people that you admire their life, 
their character qualities, their integrity. You, you admire like their ministry. Yeah. And so who have done what you feel like God wants you to do and who live the quality of life you think God want you to live and then have coffee, just have coffee yeah. with each one of them and see which one clicks and connects. And then simply ask her, can I hang out in your world? Can I serve you in some way? Can I be a part of your ministry? Mm-hmm. Can I be on your prayer team? And because those kind of women are typically busy. And yeah. so they may make time, you know, to have coffee with you once a week or once a month. Um, and you can ask for that. But I found that most of my best mentoring has come from serving under some amazing, incredible, godly mm. women. Mm. Well, you know, one question on this list could be, do we need to be of a certain age to be a person of influence? You know, not too young, not too old, but your testimony shares your area of influence did start while you were still young and continues. So that is such an encouragement, no matter where we are on the journey to, to be open to the Lord's leading in that. Exactly. And you know, the Bible makes it clear that we're not supposed to look down on someone's youthfulness. And then in the same way, this last week, um, I was just praying over my life because I'm going to hit a big birthday and like the Medicare birthdays come around the corner. And um, so <laughs> I'm like, Lord, how much longer are you going to have us yeah. you know, speak? And God took me to a verse in Job that said, let the aged speak, let the elders teach. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to teach until I go to heaven. That's my new yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So when I, as I talk to ladies, it seems like a lot of times they do feel like the Lord is um, prompting them to do this and to reach out and to mentor. And I believe we need mentors in a yes. real big way. Um, I have this mom's group on Facebook and every now and then I post, you know, do you have women speaking into your life or are you just winging it? And most of the time, the young women are just winging it. I mean, I'm talking young women, even 50 on under say they're right. just winging it. Right. Yeah. So I, I think we really need mentors Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a big stumbling block or a hindrance from this age in the maybe 30s to or or maybe even close to 40 to 70 is that they've seen their children grow up and they've put in their best effort and they've followed the Lord and they they feel like they've really walked through all the steps that they were to do as a Christian mom, but yet some of their children are failing in that they're prodigals now. And right. so then they're feeling like, well, I'm disqualified. I just, I can't mentor. I can't influence because, you know, they say the proof is in the pudding, right? And so when your pudding's spoiled, um, it's it's hard to see that you can still have influence. But I wonder if you could encourage the mom there. Yes, for sure. Because I was the mom there um, because Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. And if he can't get to you, he'll try to get to your marriage. And if he can't get to your marriage, he'll try to get to your kids. If he can't get to your kids, he'll try to get to your grandkids. If he can't get your grandkids, he'll attack your computer, your washing machine, your car. <laughs> I mean, he is just unfair. Like he's a yes. lion crouching at the door and yeah. he's a liar. He's an yeah. awful liar. And so we just need to stomp on his head. 
Like, yeah. I, I love the verse that says, and soon the God uh, will soon crush Satan underneath his foot. Yeah. And uh, so, and that's what we need to do. We need to be, if we need to stand up and say it out loud and put on your high heels and stomp the ground and say, no, no, Satan, you are not going to mess with me and my family. I am not going to believe your lies. Here's like an example. So my middle son, ADD, ADHD, he was always a little bit of a challenge to raise. Um, he's the son that when he was little, my older son, Brock, uh, was like four and and Zach was like under two. Mom, he's doing it again, which means he had escaped the house. He was climbing over the back fence with his diaper and it was caught on the yeah. fence. You know, mm -hmm. he was climbing up a tree to try to escape the yard. It was just always uh -huh. a challenge, but yeah. such a delight because he had so much energy for God. And I'm like, Lord, if I can just like harness, you just teach me. Yeah. To harness this to he'll be a fabulous leader. If you can just teach me how to lead him. And so yeah. that was my heart leading Zachary his whole life. Well, he got into, he was doing really great. We have a learner and leader who love God. Um, process that we do with our kids once a year where we um, give them a gift that applauds their giftedness and says, this is what we see God doing in your life this year. And we choose a verse and we pray over that uh, verse over that child all year with a trait that we focus on. It's in 10 best decisions a parent can make book. So we have that going. And um, so he was doing really well. He went away to college and it was a secular college who was on scholarship and he just had, it was just dark around him really. And mm -hmm. he was starting to make those decisions that like, seriously, yeah, like really, it's like you're hanging your toes off the Grand Canyon, Zachary. Like how close can you get to the Grand Canyon and not fall in? That's not the right question. The right question right. is how close can I get to God to stay on safe territory? Um, but that's just who he was. He was pushing the edge of the envelope. And so I got together with my, one of my, uh, with my husband and we started praying verses, um, over Zach, not what we saw, but what we believed God had called him to be. So yeah, calling, speak truth. Yeah. Yes. Calling those verses of faith out. And mm -hmm. um, then I prayer walked with a different mom and we prayed for our kids almost every morning, a different mom. We would pray for uh -huh. each other's kids and this world. There's a lot of us who have prodigals. Um, and so well, I prayed for a whole lot of prodigals. Mm -hmm. And, um, during that time I was praying for Zachary, we have, um, a feral scholarship plan and that's the money mom and dad give, but it comes with a, like, strings you know you have to be in church you have to have a mentor you can't be drinking smoking sleeping around because i work too hard for my money i'm not gonna fund sin flat out and so that's he had he had pushed the end of the envelope and so i'm like i'm coming back to see you and we're gonna have a heart to heart and if I, we don't daddy and i don't see a change and a plan for change then you're just coming back home that's just all there is to it so we called his bluff and um I took the verses that I'd been praying and I said, Zach, I, I'm just asking you to allow me to pray these verses over you that I'm going to put these verses in front of you. And I just want you to talk to God. And so as I did that, this rebellious hearted boy melted in front of God's word. He started weeping mm. into the Bible mm. and he got up a different boy. And he didn't change right away, but about three weeks later, 
He had emailed us his plan for changing his life and getting back on track. So that means he still had his truck and his phone because he was working the plan. Then he called me. He said, mom, um, I went to the Christian bookstore and I'm like, well, that's miracle one that you knew where the Christian bookstore was. And I bought two books. I'm like miracle two. He spent his own money on a Christian book. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. I bought two books, Purpose Driven Life. Have you ever heard of that pastor? I'm like, yeah, we're friends with the Warrens. And um, <laughs> he's like, um, could you, it says you're supposed to have like an accountability partner. So could I read this with you? Would you have time to like once a day, we could talk over what I read that day. And would you have time? And I'm like, I was glad it wasn't FaceTime because I was so happy dancing in my bedroom. I'm like <laughs> trying to be as calm as possible. Yes. And I think I would have time for that. And so we did that purpose driven life. And during that time, 180 degree change. Hmm. And I just want to encourage every mom of a prodigal, your child is still just working on their testimony. I yes. was grounded as a child, uh, a teenager for like two straight years. I, I would do something, get off grounding and then do something stupid again. My mom just kept grounding me and God used that strong will to turn me into a strong leader. And mm. my son, Zach, um, he loves for me to tell this story because um, it's so inspiring to moms. So that boy who used to hang his you know, toes off of the edge of the Grand Canyon now works for Grand Canyon Christian University uh, (laughs) in their coaching department. And he's mentoring all kinds of young men to become leaders and um, mentoring athletes and coaches. And he's a, a really quality speaker. And so girls don't give up. I always say, Zach, what would you tell moms? You know, he says, don't give up looking for the treasure inside your child because you might be the only one looking for that treasure, mom. Build yeah. on the positives you see and trust God to meet you there. So that's mm. that's from the heart of a prodigal who's now walking strong with Jesus. We need to hear that. And I think when we hear those stories from other women, it helps strengthen our faith. And we know that we can trust God with our story as well. That's right. And so keep doing the ministry because there's so many moms out there need encouraged and they want encouragement from somebody who's been in the trenches. So don't let the evil one tell you you're disqualified. Oh no, you are not disqualified. Well, and I think that is part of the evil tactic is he's like, you know, if I can convince you that you're the only one struggling this with this, or your child is the only one struggling with this, you'll just shut up and, and you'll be Uh, rendered ineffective. And so that's what, you know, you're saying is just stomp on him. You know, we have this little song we sing at our house. I learned it when I worked at summer camp, it goes, and I'm not a singer. I have to warn Um, y'all. We sing this. If I had a little black box to put the devil in, I'd take him out and stomp his face and put him back again. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. It was was actually I know it was not sponsored at the summer camp I I worked at and we didn't sing it with the kids, but like all the counselors knew it. And we were like, this, this is warfare. This is spiritual warfare. Like just go stomp his face, you know? (laughs) And then we were like, well, is this very Christian of us to be thinking? But, but, you know, we do moms in the trenches. Because Jesus throws him into the fiery pit at the end of his life. So, hey, 
he comes with a sword and like deals with the evil one. So it's okay to be on Jesus's side and have that attitude like, oh no, you're not going to take back territory. I'm going to stand with Jesus and we're going to move people from darkness to light. I'm on Jesus's side. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now I will tell you, okay. So the name of my podcast, the mom next door stories of faith is one thing, but, um, my greater, like my website and my, uh, Instagram handle and all that is tending fields. Um, just, they kind of came up at different parts of my life. Right. So that's what it is now. But you know, the idea of tending fields is there are a lot of different categories in our houses, in our homes, in our lives. We're managing our, our marriages, our children, our household, our church responsibilities, and all of these things. There's a juggling act to life. So sure. uh, how, how do you find the time and how do you find the balance as you're managing all those things to be able to be a woman of influence, yet not lose sight and lose track of, you know, the people in your home or, or the connection. Yeah. Like, how do you balance that? Yeah. I, I have found that the best way to uh, mentor and influence is to invite people into my world. So let's mm-hmm. say um, when I was a youth pastor's wife, I, I wanted to influence those high school girls. And so I had a set of high school girls. One would come over at, on their way home from school. And she would just jump in whatever I was doing. So if Hmm. I was folding diapers, she would be folding diapers with me. And I would be talking to her about her relationship with God as we're just, you know, cooking dinner or taking the baby on a walk. Or so she saw me in my world. So she gained like practical skills because she saw what it looked like to be a mother but at the same time have deeper spiritual conversations. And we would pop open the Bible. Sometimes the Bible was popped open on a little red wagon, but um, you know, it's choosing to weave Jesus and his ministry into the priorities that God has called you to. So I, I, I always tell women, if your ministry is causing you to run away from your husband and run away from your kids, that's not God's calling. He will make sure that your marriage stays strong and your family stays strong. If you give him like, okay, here's my day, Lord, order my day. I'm going to start with like some Bible words, you know? So like for me, I open my eyes, I layer Jesus through my life. And Mm -hmm. so I open my eyes and I say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Then the second thing I, I say is probably one of the most important sentences, and that would be, uh, Alexa, play Christian music. And I just start <laughs> worshiping. So as I'm uh, making you know, breakfast, then I sit down with the word and I prepare my Bible study. And, you know, I even when I was nursing, I would tell women, you know, um, when you are nursing, you have a choice. You can watch TV and a talk show Or you can have the Bible open and you can be doing your Bible study and reading those verses over your kids. So they're hearing the word of God. You're processing the word of God and you're getting your Bible study done at the same time. So God will make a way is my point. If we just layer God's word into our lives, you know, posting it on our walls, just like, just like we're commanded to do, you know, when we sit, when we stand, when we go, when we walk, uh, that's what Deuteronomy says. So layer God's word everywhere in your life. Mm -hmm. And that way you'll have what you need when you need it for influencing, whether it's your kids, 
whether it's your next door neighbor or whether it's, you know, um, a Bible study you might be leading or a mentoring group you might be leading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you have so much good advice, so much encouragement. Where can people find you on Instagram, Facebook, your website? Right. So the easiest place to find me is love-wise.com. So just think parked on the corner of God's love and God's wisdom. That's where Pam lives. And then um, you can go to any of the online bookstores and just put in Pam Farrell with one L at the end. I know it's annoying, but that's the way it's spelled. Uh, Or if you can Google waffles and spaghetti, Nobody else is there, but Bill and I, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And so that's a great way to find me. And, you know, I love people that become Facebook friends too, even on Mm -hmm. my personal page. And so we have Bill and Pam Farrell on our professional page, but I'm Pamela Farrell author on my private page. And I love moms to connect up with me there too. Oh, that would be great to get to know you a little bit better in those places. Ladies, if you want to join me for a little bit of follow-up of this episode, join my Facebook group, Tending Fields Moms Group. And on Tuesday, we're going to do a little recap, chat a little bit about what we are learning today, maybe about places that you can be of influence. Now, as we wrap up, Pam, I wonder if you would just pray for the moms listening and what we have in front of our our schedules, our time and in our lives today. Sure. Yeah. Lord, thank you so much that you're going to go before us as we tend our fields. God, I grew up on a farm. I know what it looks like to have that beautiful patchwork um, of acreage where every field is something different or every row of the garden is a different, you know, food and nutrient for our family. And so I pray that you would help us today know what to do, whether we're pulling weeds and getting negative things out of our mind or out of our heart or out of our home, or whether we're planting seeds, seeds of hope, seeds of love, seeds of goodness in a world that so desperately needs who you are. Um, And so I pray that you would give us wisdom to just um, know when to open our mouth, when to hold out our hand, when to give uh, a word of encouragement or hope, And Father, when to listen, when to sit at your feet um, and when to hang out with our other mommy friends, like in this Tending Fields Moms group, Lord, so that we might have everything that we need in order to be ready for the harvest that you are bringing. You say, look at the fields. They are white for harvest. And Lord, they are. We look at our world today and We have never lived in a time where it's more necessary to bring the goodness of God into the Mm -hmm. land of the living. And so I pray that you would help us, equip us, and we together stomp on Satan's head and we proclaim your victory, Jesus, through the cross over our lives, over our families, over our friendships, and over our futures. Um, Bless Pam for being a woman of influence. I pray that you would bless her, her ministry, her family, her marriage, her future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. God bless. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today, and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at tendingfields.net. 
because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, whatever is known, be all these things.